got a Bible study going on here now. You ready for you ready for Bible, Bible, and more Bible? If you are new, this is the Bible. If you've come from other churches, chances are you've never heard of it. This is the Bible. Be ready for the Word of God now. The, the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, piercing even through the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints of marrow and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God is not a comfortable experience. It's not a negative experience, not a positive experience. It's the Word of God. It's quick and it's powerful. It cuts, it divides. It heals, it conquers, it raises up, and it levels to the ground. Be ready for that experience today. Don't turn, don't turn your back on the Word of God. Don't turn a blind eye to the Word of God. Don't harden your heart to the Word of God. Whatever the Word of God has for you, just simply say, you know what? I receive it. I receive it. The Word of God tells you this morning that you're going to hell, that's the fact. If the word of God tells you this morning that you're going to heaven, that's also a fact. Don't let, listen, if you're one of those in the first group, just simply repent. Put all of your sins onto the broad shoulders of Jesus and turn from those sins and you have no problem whatsoever you are then heaven bound. Life really is simple, it's just hard. It's simple, but it's hard. There's things that we have to overcome. And right now we are talking about opposition. Opposition. No one can withhold God's promises from you. No one. You have to be tricked into rejecting them yourself. There's all, listen, you can, re, and, and, and what will come at you to trick you? The world, the devil, and your own carnality. Those three things are our opposition. Nothing and nobody can withhold God's promises from you. Well, no, my life has been destroyed by my husband. My life has been destroyed by my wife. My wife. No, nobody can destroy your life. Nobody can. Well, what happens if my wife picks up and leaves me tomorrow? Well, find somebody better. Rob, Rob Deerdeck, Fantasy Factory, for those of you who never watched that. One of his friends, I think it was Big Cat, his girlfriend dumped him and he was all down. And he said, you know what we do here. And he wouldn't answer, he goes, you know what we do here. And he made him answer, find somebody hotter. <laughs> no person can destroy your life unless you let them. Nobody. Nobody can destroy unless you let it happen. Well, you know what, I was crushed by the economy. That's because you're in the world's economy and not God's economy. Nothing can withhold God's promises from you. Nothing can withhold, see, here's the thing about this church. You're gonna hear heaven and hell. You're gonna hear the people burn in hell for all of eternity here, but you're also gonna hear about the promises of God that God wants you healthy and wealthy. You get the full gospel here because we preach the Bible. It's all about the word of God. What does the word of God say? Well, health and wealth doesn't make me comfortable. Then understand that the Bible doesn't make you comfortable. What Christianity are you involved with if it's not the Bible? It has to be a Pharisaic cultism then. If it's not the Bible, if it's not strictly adhered to the word of God, 
then it has to be, it has to be a Pharisaic cultism that you're making up or that somebody else has made up for you. And that cultism will keep the promises of God out of your hands through trickery, the cunning craftiness of men. Ephesians chapter four, verse 14. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, tricked by the cunning craftiness of people. Don't let it happen to you. What does the word of God say? Well, that doesn't make me comfortable. The word of God tells me that I'm not the world's greatest parent. Well, welcome to the club. Just accept what the word of God, the word of God tells me. I'm not the world's greatest wife. I'm not the world's greatest husband. Welcome to the club. What are you going to do with it? Just keep on keeping on? Going to paint your own portrait? So most Christians walk around, they have a portrait in front of them. They paint it that they want everybody to see. It's not actually reality. Reality is what the word of God says is reality. The word of God says this morning that you are blessed and highly favored and that you have an abundant life, but I don't have it. That's because you've been tricked in to rejecting it. You've been tricked into casting it off. You've been tricked into believing that it's not yours. How many of you operate according to your own self-esteem? You don't have any. Why do you have any self-esteem? For without him, you can do nothing. Why would you have any self-esteem? You know what's funny about that? Without him, you can do nothing. People go, no, because I have my talent. Who gave you that? Well, you know what? I was healed without God's divine healing. Well, how were you healed then? Well, you were either healed by medicine, by surgery, by your own immune system. All of which are from God. No, it was a great doctor. His talent came from, every good and perfect gift is from, it comes from him. There's no way out. There's nowhere to go, it's all God. So you might as well just worship him and if you're, if you're going to hell, you'll spend the eternity away from him. If you're going to heaven, you're going to spend eternity at his feet. Gladly under the shelter of his wing. Amen. No one can withhold the promises of God from you. Well, I haven't been doing very good mentally. It's because you don't take your mind, you don't take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Well, I get up and I'm in a wretched mood. Well, make that, take that mood and make it captive. Amen. How many are moody in here? Shout amen. Don't do it. If you're moody, you just simply take that thought captive until it goes away. Crucify it. Don't, don't, don't put heritage on it. No, that's just how we are in my family. No. I believe 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that you are a brand new creature. You're a brand new creation. So you have no heritage connection to mom, dad, Grandma, grandpa, I don't care what they died of or what they lived with, you have no heritage connection to them whatsoever. But somebody will try to trick you, even people in the church, maybe even somebody sitting in here, sitting right next to you right now. Don't believe what he's telling you, don't believe it. If they talk like that, reject them. Turn to him right now and say, you're full of crap. I believe the word of God. You're full of crap. Tom, that's too harsh. Do you ever read Jesus? Do you ever actually read Jesus? You, you think I'm harsh. 
White ear, whitewashed tomb, full of dead man's bones, full of all uncleanness. Made a whip of cords. He didn't buy a whip of cords. He didn't have someone make a whip of cords for him. He sat outside the temple and made it himself. Strand by strand, John chapter 2, verse 10. Strand by strand. And went in there and ran them all off with a whip of cords. Turning over their tables and whipping people. You think, I mean, I've never brought out a whip. Never. I do nearly get in a fist fight every year. I've acknowledged that. But I am already, what is today, February 4th? Two days past Groundhog Day? I'm already a month and four days into not getting into nearly getting into a fist fight. <laughs> Tom, you're too immature for me to follow. That's not up to you. God, has God called you? See how quiet I got right there. Has God called you to this church? You already, you already know that he has. And those of you who are watching right now because you're offended, but you don't have anywhere else to go, so you keep watching us. Because you're red-pilled, you can never go back to the lukewarm, mainstream, boring, worthless, Pharisaic church. You can't go back, but you're watching now because you're too offended to come here in person because someone didn't say hi to you. Someone didn't, didn't really properly deal with me. Oh, welcome to the club. I, I get improperly dealt with all the time. Can't go back. Once you're red-pilled, you can't go back. No one can withhold the promises of God from you. No one. And no person, no devil, no demon, nothing. The world, nothing. How many of you want to be rich? Nothing can hold that back from you. What are you doing about it? You planting seed for it or not? Just be not deceived. God is not mine. For whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. Starts with your tithe. You're not tithing? Forget it. Don't even try to be rich. You can go to heaven without tithing. See how sweet I am? You can go to heaven without tithing. You can go to heaven without praying. You, you can even go to heaven without going to church. You won't make it, but he endures until the end. You're not going to endure until the end without, without the body. It's not going to happen. I promise you that. Nothing and nobody can withhold the promises of God from you. But you're going to have to go his way. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me, you will seek me and find me, if you will search for me with all your heart. Nobody ever reads verse 13. They only read the first 12 because the first, I mean the first two verses, because the first two verses make really no demand upon your time. They do a little bit. You will call upon me and come and pray to me and I'll listen to you. It's a little vague. But then we go, you will seek me and find me when you will search for me with all your heart. You gotta go after it. Nobody can withhold the promises of God from you, but you have to melt away enough unbelief to receive them. That means you have to go after God with all that you have. I am separating myself right now. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. I am getting, I will get, and I am getting to the place where I will have no earthly concern. Right out of James chapter one, verse four. Wanting nothing. Tom, you, you know, you're gonna need this. And I, don't, don't, I don't want, again, I just turn to you and say, I reject your crap. I go with the word of God. That's as bad as my cussing gets. Freaking and crap. Those are my two cuss words. 
They get no worse than that, I promise you. Maybe caboose. That's it. It's as bad as it gets. Psalm 37, 23, and 24. Can anybody withhold from you the promises of God when your steps are ordered by him? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. How many of you have struggled in your walk with God? Shout amen. 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 I have too. But though we fall, we shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. So though you may have fallen, I'm not giving you license to live in sin and go, you know what, I'm still saved. You're not. If you live in unrepentant sin, listen, if we deliberately keep on sinning after, after, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Hebrews 10, 26 and 27. Sorry, Calvinist, you're wrong. Stop the crap. The quiet it gets in your ear. I'm afraid to speak against Calvinism. Why? It's not the Bible, so speak against it. I'll speak against anything that's not the Bible. But it'll offend people. I don't, it doesn't matter to me that it offends people. I honestly don't care. What, why would I want to please someone who butchers the unborn? And it's all, you see, it's all linked, and it's all really one agenda, one mindset. People who love to put muzzles on their faces, the 2020, 2020 through 24 swastika mask on their face, are the same people who love to butcher the unborn. Tom, this is too harsh for church. Really, wait, this is nothing yet. <laughs> nothing. You're, you're going to have to learn. Let's, I'll tell you something. My first ever high school defensive coordinator, he, he brought us all around and said, listen, if you want to play defense, you're going to have to be a violent person. The kingdom of heaven suffers, and the violent take it by force. And I'm not talking about physical violence. I'm not, going, I'm not saying go home and start loading up your banana clips for your AR-15s. I'm not talking about that. I'm all in favor of AR-15s and clips, but I'm just saying, I'm not talking about that. Except for self-defense. <laughs> Except for self-defense. What I'm talking about is you're going to have to have a, di- a totally different attitude about Christianity. Most people think Christianity is like a mausoleum, a monastery, quiet and home and absolute humility. No, there's, a, there's a godly humility and there's a worldly humility. I mean, so Jesus is the model for humility. And Jesus told, I mean, told the disciples, woe to you, Pharisees and Sadducees. For you, you travel land and sea to, one, to win one proselyte. And when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as you are. That's violent. You should speak like that. People need to hear it. Again, I temper that because for any of the weirdos in here, it needs to be the word of God, not your weirdness ministering to people. Not your quirky personality. It needs to be the word of God ministering to people. Verse 25, Psalm 37. I was young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread, even under the Biden economy. Under anybody's economy, you never have to be begging bread. 
Tom, I don't really appreciate when you denigrate a politician. Again, I don't care. If you sign on to slaughter the unborn, it's no holds barred in this place, baby. We, we can debate taxes. We can debate spending. We can debate this and that and borders and everything else, but you slaughter the unborn, no holds barred. I don't care whether you're a repub or a dem, doesn't matter. You slaughter the unborn, it's no holds barred. Jeremiah 1, 4 through 8. Nobody, nobody can stop God's destiny for you except for you. The devil can't do it without your cooperation. The world can't do it without your cooperation. Your husband, wife, siblings, mom, dad, past, present, future, nothing can stop God's destiny for you except for you. Tom, do you live in this? Yes, I blame me. I assign blame. This isn't the YMCA and everybody gets a participation trophy and everybody's called a winner when everybody's a loser but one. I assign blame. Why am I not all that God has called me to be yet? Because of me. When you waste decades like I have, you just learn to say, you know what, it was me. I look at, you're like, Tom, that's an awfully big loss. It's already lost anyway. A lot of people don't want to acknowledge their loss because of the impact of it. It really would bother me to acknowledge that I've wasted most of my life. Well, you already have anyway, so you might as well just acknowledge it. And by the way, most of us have. I did. I'm 55. I wasted 50. I've gotten more on track in the last five years. Tom, that's an awfully big waste. Doesn't it just, doesn't it just crater your spirit to say it? Doesn't it just, doesn't it just bring to sorrow your spirit? No, I don't care. It's true. So why worry about it? Nothing and nobody can stop you except you, except your cooperation. Nothing. And you need to be pressing toward the mark of the high calling. Philippians 3.14. Press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Not, I want to get into the University of Florida. A bunch of baby butchers. You're going, I mean, who cares? I'm not saying don't get your education. Don't meet me at the door. I, you know, Tom, I'm trying to be an RN. I, have, I, understand. I understand. I have a bachelor's degree from the University of Central Florida. It's about as useful as used toilet paper. It's true. I was a cop for 25 years, 1992 to 2017. Did I ever use my UCF degree? No. Nothing. Not one time did I go, let me just hearken back on that uh, Russian studies class that I took while I'm handling this domestic violence call. <laughs> Jeremiah 1, 4 through 8. The prophet is called. People can't take it. I'm telling you, I'm leading, I'm leading, I'm leading the nations. And the people, the people who walk out of the church, they can't take it. See, they honestly believe that Christianity is something it is not. It is not a peaceable religion. Jesus said, Jesus said, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace on earth. And what does everybody say? The exact opposite of it. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. I've seen parents, that's, that's uh, Matthew 10, 34 through 36. I've seen parents totally adapt 
and change their Christianity to accommodate the non-Christianity of their kid. I know my, my, my daughter's sleeping with her boyfriend, but you know, I just believe that in her heart, she's right with God. That's not the Bible, that's not the Bible, that's not a Bible verse. You should be preaching the word to her, that fornicators will not inherit the kingdom of God. So you get it all here. You, God wants you well, God wants you wealthy, God wants you to prosper, God wants you to have an abundant life, but I'm gonna tell you flat out, if you're going to hell, you're going to hell. If you are destined to, if you are on your way to hell right now, I'm gonna tell you, I'm not gonna be held accountable for you in James chapter three, verse one. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. No, thank you. God will not be able to say to me, I didn't tell people they were going to hell when they were. Most pastors, however, are telling people they're going to heaven when they're not so that they stay in the church. Why keep them in the church? What kind of synagogue of Satan is that? Yes, you're sitting there lying to people. You got the same website, basically website design as us, same mission statement as us, same proclamation of faith, same testimony of faith that we have, but yet when it comes to preaching and teaching, you lie to everybody? Well, you know, it's just all a journey. It's all just a spiritual journey. Fresh starts and new beginnings and... No. It's are you right with God or are you not? Tom, are you, you act like you're faultless. Absolutely not. I am chief among sinners. I've just turned from my sinful ways. And when I do sin, and I plan on never sinning again, but when I have sinned, I get it right now. Not later. Now, because I know that those who live like this, Galatians chapter five, verse 21, will not inherit the kingdom of God. And one of those sins that is listed there in Galatians 5, 19 through 21 is fits of rage. So when, for those of you that know, have a little struggle in that department, I've gotten way better. However, not a great yesterday. Not a great yesterday. When I do, I go to God and say, Lord, that fit of rage that I just threw, mama didn't do it, daddy didn't do it, hope didn't cause it, my kids didn't cause it, dog didn't cause it, nobody. That fit of rage that I just threw, I repent of it right now in Jesus' name. People that walk out, oh, honey, let's get the heck out of here. You guys pre What's that guy preaching? What is that thing? That's just like 2 Kings 22, 8 through 10. Then Hilkiah the priest said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the temple. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan and he read it. And Shaphan showed the king saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. The scribe who had studied the scriptures had no idea what the scriptures were. He called them the book, a book. Not the book, a book. The senior priest knew what it was, Hilkiah knew, but Shaphan the scribe, who is a studier of scripture, had no idea what the Torah was, so he introduced the book, the, a book, to Josiah as titled, you know, Hilkiah the priest is giving me a book. It was Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. 
He had no idea what it was. No idea. He's given me a book. Yeah, yeah. And he read it before the king. And that's what caused Josiah to go down, tear down every high place and become the greatest king there ever was or ever will be. They, people, they hear the Bible, they're shocked and offended because their Christianity is actually a demon spirit. It's actually a demonically influenced humanism of obfuscating truth. Well, I don't want to tell my daughter she's going to hell because she's sleeping with her boyfriend. Okay, you'll be held accountable for that, dad. Tom, you've told your kids that they're going to hell? Yeah, when it applied. When did it ever apply? Your kids have been saved their whole life. Well, you know what? When they went through little things in life, I didn't tell them they were going to hell. I would tell, I would tell them that they were going to go to hell if they didn't stop. They lied. Whatever it may be. I don't remember now everything. And plus it really makes them mad at me whenever I tell stories about them. <laughs> a lot of you are like, you know, honey, you just gotta try. If your daughter's lying, tell her to her face. Revelation, but she's three. I told her when she was three. To her face. You're never gonna see your mom again. Mom's going to heaven, you're going to hell. Well, that's not the right thing to do. Who said? Who said? The baby butchers? The psychiatrists? The people wearing three masks? After four years of 15 days to flatten the curb, those people? All the experts who are putting masks back on right now? You just watch. If you watch as much news as I do and you gather as much information as I do, I see all the meetings that are going on worldwide, and they're all putting masks back on. <laughs> you can take those masks all of them together and clump them into a giant ball and insert them up your own caboose. Never have, never will. Not gonna happen. You're like, what happened to Jeremiah 1, 4 through 8? Here it is. Nobody and nothing can stop what you're called to do except you. And you have a high calling that's more than your job. More than being a chauffeur for your kids. Now, my whole life as a woman is to lop off my hair, become as unattractive as I possibly can be, and tote my kids all over God's green earth in our minivan with juice boxes and fruit roll-ups and ground in McDonald's into the floorboard of the car. That's my job in life. It's not... Tom, you're just against us bringing our kids. No, you know what? Sign them up for one thing, maybe. And actually have a marriage. You see how quiet it is in here? A lot of people, they just lost interest. Have a marriage. Stop being a male pig and a female pig, and have a bunch of piglets off your teats. <laughs> Give not that which is holy unto the swine. You're like, Tom, you correlate anything. I know, it just goes into my beautiful mind. <laughs> you're called to be more than, yes, you're called to be a great dad and a great mom according to the word of God, not according to the world, where you have no time for your marriage because your son and your daughter are in flag football, 
regular football, baseball, basketball, flute practice, piano practice, remote control boat practice, whatever it is. They're training a dog, they're training a monkey, they're training a carrier pigeon. And you tote them all over the place, you don't even have time to comb your hair, so you just lop it all off. Your beautiful long hair that your husband married has been lopped off. Now you look like, you lopped all that hair off, now you look like the starting shortstop for the women's, I'm trying to hold back a little bit. Something, something softball team. And men, you ought to be telling her. Well, if I tell her, she'll, she'll yell at me. Well, who cares? She's a girl. And men, it was, God's no respecter of women, no respecter of men at all, male or female. It's not that women are below men or men are below women. It's everybody's got their lane. She's a girl. She can do things you can't do. You can do things she can't do. That's the way that it is. You ain't going to change it no matter what you lop on, no matter what you sew on. So no matter what you lop off or what you sew on. Doesn't matter. You ain't changing nothing. You lop off all you want and sew on all you want. Ain't gonna change nothing. Nothing. Changes nothing. She's a girl. Well, she'll be mad at me. So what? He'll be mad at me. So what? Tell him the truth. I do. I never hesitate to tell my wife the truth, ever. You're like, doesn't it cause, doesn't it cause some problem? No, because we've gotten, first of all, we're just used to absolute transparency. Whatever needs to be said is said. Most of the time, it's said correctly. Occasionally, we say it wrong, but most of the time, we say it right. Nothing can stop God. Nothing can stop God's will for you. What are you called to do? Most Christians never address it. And when you get to heaven, you're gonna find out there's this giant ministry that you completely missed. Thousands upon thousands of souls that you were supposed to save, that you were supposed to heal, that you were supposed to give finances to, that you were, that you were supposed to keep from starving. But you never pressed toward the mark. You never sought him with all your heart. Nothing can stop your destiny except for your cooperation with the devil and with the world and your own carnality. Jeremiah 1, four through eight. The prophet is called. What is a prophet? Do you know that every single person, there's a specific prophetic ministry, so don't misunderstand what I'm telling you, but every person in this room that is saved is a prophet because what is a prophet? A purveyor of truth, a speaker of truth. Not somebody, now the specific ministry of prophet, will you hear like Ted Shuttlesworth, someone like that, will come up to you and tell you your name, he's never met you, tell you your past, he's never met you, tell you your future and it happens. That's a specific prophetic ministry, but every, it's just like there are gifts of healings, right? But everybody in this room is still a healer. Everybody in this room is a prophet, a speaker of truth. You speak truth to lies, light to darkness. That's what you do. You're a prophet. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you, before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, 
for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Not if it's convenient. Not if it doesn't offend. You shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces. Deuteronomy 7.10, I will destroy them. God will destroy, he repays those who hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack with him who hates him. He will repay him to his face. God doesn't shy away from confrontation. He repays them to their face. For I am, I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Romans 8, 28. So nothing can stop your destination. Nothing except for you. And a lot of Christians, it starts with where there is no vision, the people, right? Proverbs 29, 18. Everybody can quote it, but nobody lives by it. You might with your finances. Some of you are very well financed. Some of you are very, we have a great vision for your body. You're jacked. You're in great health. You can bench press this, you can bench press that, you can run this far, you can run that far. You've accomplished this athletically, you've accomplished that. You've accomplished this financially. You, you've set aside all your retirement. You know, you're, you've done well. But what, else, what about your spiritual vision? Because all that stuff that you're doing well, including that beautiful body, it's gonna burn. See, you can't bring it with you for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out, 1 Timothy 6, 7. Can't carry nothing out. It doesn't matter how well established you are, I left so much for my kids. And I know that's, that's a, a, a good man leaves inheritance to his children's children. I understand that. You should try for that. But what about your, what about your spiritual, your spiritual life, your spiritual future, your spiritual destiny? How much of a vision do you have for that? Or is God just a support system for your carnal vision? Lord, help me with this, help me with that, help me with this, help me with that. Instead of saying, Lord, I just surrender all to you. I yield to you, Lord. Whatever you would have for me is what I want. Where there is no vision, the people perish. That's why people do, they fluctuate. They go in and out. A lot of times, a lot of you never fluctuate in your job or you didn't, whether you're still working or you're retired or whatever, wherever you're at in life. You never fluctuate in your job. You never miss both spiritual things, one day you pray, one day you don't. One day you study, one day you don't. Week on, week off. Month on, month off. One year on, one year off. Right? Look at me, look at me. Right? Right? That's because there is no vision. Because you're not pressing to the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You gotta press. It's not that, again, I tell you this, it's not so God goes, wow, he's pressing, so now I'm gonna bless him. The pressing gets you out of the way. God's already given it to you. You just don't know it. And you gotta press to remove that unbelief. Romans 8, 28 through 30. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That's it, that's all anybody ever talks about. How do you get there though? And I preach this, I'm not gonna preach it again. I've preached on this at length. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That's all Christians quote right there. Hmm. But how do you get there? How do you get there? How do you, how do you get to where God is working for your good? How? Anybody know? The previous two verses. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, 
We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Do you speak in tongues? Then how is he working for your good if you don't? I'm not saying he's not if you don't speak with tongues, but I'll tell you what, if you are speaking with tongues, the, the conduit is far more open. Romans 8, 27. Now he who searches the heart, remember, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. But how do you get there? This is all the people quote. And this is, what, this is what gets me with a lot of messages. People tell you that you're supposed to be healthy, that you're supposed to be wealthy, and, tell you, and don't tell you how to get there. Everyone jumps and shouts, hey man, it's gonna be a great 2024. 2024 is the same as 23, and 23 is the same as 22, and 22 is the same as 21, and you're still shouting. I do, I do marvel at the peace of the delusion. I do, I marvel at people who are peaceful in their delusions. It's gonna be a revival this year. You said that, you've been saying that since 1996. It's almost, you know, it, it's, it's almost 30 years later. And there hasn't been one, but every year, this is going to be here. But they're very peaceful. And, I, and I'll be honest, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of people who can peacefully live in delusion. I can't. Yeah, I mean, people, you know, I have a Christian family. The only one in your house that is remotely saved is you. But yet you live in a delusion that everybody that you touch is saved. Well, this is a Christian home. no. Your husband's an alcoholic. Your daughter's sleeping with her boyfriend. Your son's sleeping with his girlfriend. And everybody's Christian because somehow you had Bible studies when everybody was seven or eight years old. Every, you, had, you, you put them in front of Veggie Tales for six hours a day. How do you get to Romans 8.28? And we know that in all things God works for them because you have to do something for that. Here it is, Romans 8.27. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So you're not getting God working for your good unless the Spirit is praying for you through you. Because look what it says. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. God, is, his eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him, right? That's how he knows. He knows when you're praying, is it you? You ask and you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives, James chapter four, verse three. He's looking and hearkening under the spirit. There is the spirit of God. Now I can work for their good because they're praying correctly. Now, how do you pray, Lord, just show them. Show them all I'm right. Get them, God. <laughs> yeah, you have not because you ask not. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. You, you adulterous and sinful generation. That's the next verse, James, James chapter four, verse two and three. Anyone who's a friend of the world is an enemy of God. And you're praying worldly prayers? No, see, God is looking for the voice of the Spirit. He recognizes it. How many of you can hear your child. How many moms and dads in here shout amen? How many of you can hear your child no matter where they are? You know, there's my kid. Okay, that's how he is with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is not his kid, but he knows the Spirit of God. Somebody is praying the Spirit of God. Now I can work for their good. That's how it works. Oh, I don't like that. Time. It doesn't matter whether you like it. 
I'm not comfortable speaking in tongues. Doesn't matter whether you're comfortable speaking in tongues, but it matters to me. It doesn't matter that it matters to you. The word of God is the word of God, that's it. Question answered, question asked, question answered. There it is, done. Romans 8, 29. For whom he foreknew, foreknew, he knew you. Before he even formed you in the womb, he was conversating with you. How does that work? I don't know, I'm not God. I'm a rep, but I'm not God. I'm a sales rep. I go around selling computers, I'm a horrible salesperson. I can't tell you how they work. I have no idea. That's usually the source of my frustration that causes me uh, fits of rage. It's usually got, it's technology that gets me. It does. Hope, last week, Hope wants, always comes in and prays for me before the service, and I'm in there trying to print something. <laughs> I was not open to prayer. Right before the service. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you how close I came to just picking that printer up. And just, <laughs> if it wasn't church property, I probably would have broken the thing. But I'm trying this year to not be physically violent. For whom he foreknew. He knew you. He knows you. I don't feel like he knows me. Does that matter? No, your feelings don't matter. They're nothing but gas, nothing but farts. That's all feelings are, nothing. They're nothing more than bodily functions. Enjoy them when they're good. Press through them when they're bad. Bring them into conformity when they're bad. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined. Oh, I don't understand predestination. It's not up for you to, to understand. It's not, I don't try to understand this stuff. He's God. How many of you had a good dad? I mean, a really good dad. Shout amen. amen. All right. If you had a really good dad, I had a really good dad. I just knew he could fix anything. I wish my kids felt the same way. They don't. <laughs> but I have some other attributes and whatever. But, but I knew, I knew my dad could fix anything. Even when I was in high school and I had my first car that broke down all the time, I knew whenever I brought it to my dad, he, he fixed it. I don't know how he fixed it. I don't know how he did it. Every toy, somehow he'd get that thing back together and make it work again. Every time. I knew. I didn't understand how he did it. I don't understand all of this. His thoughts and his ways, Isaiah 55, 8, 9, his thoughts and his ways are above mine. I, I'm okay with that. You know, that's why I worship him. I don't worship you, you don't worship me, we don't worship buildings or stained glass or bells or whistles or anything else, we worship God. Amen. We don't understand everything. He's worthy of our worship. Well, I really wanna understand everything. You can't. When you see him, you'll understand. But right now, just a mirror image in a glass. Accept it. Go as hard and as fast as you can possibly go but understand, he's God and you're not. That's why he's worthy of worship. But he, pre he predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. Whatever Jesus did, whatever Jesus does via the Holy Ghost, you and I should be doing. However Jesus spoke is how you should speak. See, it gets a few amens. I always got Pete on my side. 
There's a lot of you are thinking, well, there's an upcoming event, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to say what needs to be said. Say what needs to be said. You know what oftentimes needs to be said? Nothing. But you know when God opens that door. And you, just, you feel that pull. It's like, a, it's like a magnetic force. And you're like, I got to do it. I got to do it. How many of you, God has told you, go talk to that person. And you resist it. How many of you, God tells you, respond to the altar call. Uh, you're too prideful to have hands laid on you. And God's pulling you. Well, I just, I just want to do it on my own. It's not biblical. predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That Jesus would be the firstborn among all of us. Tom, don't equate us with Jesus. I didn't. God's word did. I'm not saying we're equal with him. We are joint heirs, though. Whatever he did, you do. Whatever he said, you say. Whatever his expectations were, should be yours. Or are you just going to be a soccer mom? You're just going to be a working mule. God's called you to more than that. God's called you to more than a three-bedroom, two-bath, work-till-you're-dead life. He's called you to more than that. You can enjoy your life. He's got, he wants you to have an abundant life, a fulfilled, abundant life. But you're going to have to pay the price. You're going to have to defeat the opposition. It's going to come at you every day to try to steal from you. Eventually, once you get big, those voices get small. Verse 30. Moreover, whom he predestined, these also he called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. John chapter 12, verse 32. Who's going to lift them up? The glorified of God. That's you. I don't receive any glory. Okay, you're, it's not a Bible verse. How will they know if no one preaches to them? Romans chapter 10, verse 14. Well, how, how, how in the world are you going to preach to anybody if you don't have any measure of glory at all? You ever think about that? I'm not going to make it today, but wait till I tell you how much of a judge you're supposed to be. I'll, I'll tell you briefly. This is next week, maybe, if I ever get to anything. Why is it that you are commanded in John chapter 7 in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, to judge. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. 1 Corinthians 2.15. Judge with righteous judgment. Judge with righteous judgment. John chapter 7, verse 24. The only time you're not supposed to judge is when you're doing the same things. Romans chapter 2, verse 1. Why do you judge? How? Look at me now. Look at me now. How dare you judge? So if you hear a demon coming out of somebody speaking, you're not going to judge that? Oh, that's a demon. You just judged, did you not? But, all, but again, people judge all the time, and then they say, don't judge. You, do, you judge all the time. Is everybody your friend? Who, you know there's weirdos you don't let in your house. Probably some that attend this church. You won't let them, in, you won't let them near you. Because they're weird. You're judging. 
They're not good enough to be our friends. Well, you know, there are people who aren't good enough to be your friend. They don't, what I'm saying is, it doesn't mean that you're above them or they're beneath you. Just, you know what, you're not a match. You, that's a judgment. And like, Tom, what do you do with friends? I just, don't, I just choose not to participate. <laughs> I hear it from my family, too, you know. Well, Dad, we're not going to go to the extremes. Okay, you don't have to go to my extremes. I'm not telling you to, li- to, live like, to, to live like me. But you listen, you judge all the time, and then you preach, don't judge. As if don't, not judging is Christianity. It's not. You're commanded to judge. Judge. Jesus said, judge with righteous judgment. In, in other words, you judge according to the word of God. When I drive down the road, and we're four years into 15 days to flatten the curve, and I see N95 stupid Wonderland driving down the road alone in their car, in their electric little cubicle car. Oh yeah, I'm saving the world, saving the world. I'm saving the world, I'm saving the world. Split flying through their N95. I judge, idiot. If they ask me, I'll tell them. You're an idiot. I told my neighbor that. You're an idiot. You just walk up. No, don't walk up. Listen, don't ask, don't tell. You don't come out. You don't say anything to me. I'm probably not going to say anything to you. If you elicit a response, you will get a response. And my neighbor got, you're an idiot. And I, I hearken back on that conversation. And I wish that I would have said, it's no wonder. It's no wonder that you're an idiot because you're married to somebody who I saw wearing a mask alone in her own driveway in 2022. So it must be catchy. The idiotic virus must be catchy because you caught it from your masked spouse. I live in the middle of nowhere. There's nobody there. And she's out there gardening alone with a mask on in late 2022. Not that it was ever excusable to wear the stupid thing, but let alone, there's levels of stupidity. You strapped it on for a week in 2020, that's one thing. You're an idiot for doing it. However, in 2022, two and a half, almost three years later, you're alone in Mayaka country, Florida, gardening in the middle of your three-acre lot alone? What's going to get you out there? The pterodactyl virus swooping in from the sky? I don't even know what I was preaching before. I have no idea where I was at. Yeah, judging. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's Hope's job. Fail. <laughs> so you make judgments all the time, and here's the thing you should. There's nothing wrong with it unless you're doing the same thing. Well, I, I remember this. I was at a wedding. I was invited to a wedding, and I don't go to them anymore, but I went to this one. I don't. 
You're like, Tom, what if I invite you to my wedding? I probably won't come. (laughs) What if I'm asking you to do my wedding? I probably won't do it. (laughs) You don't want to go through my pre-marriage counseling, believe me. Most people don't. They're off, just waddle off to the justice of peace, to a notary somewhere instead of going through my obstacle course of pre-marriage counseling. But we listen, we, we judge all the time. We do it, and then we say we don't judge. Well, now, why are we allowed to judge? Why? Why? Are you a joint heir with Jesus? Who's the judge? You ever heard that preached before? You never have. John chapter five, verses 22 and 23, the father judgeth no man. Everybody makes Jesus a bongo playing hippie. All tolerating, all accommodating, and not the case. The father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the son that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, Father which hath sent him. John 5, 22 and 23. So now that we are a joint heir with Jesus and we were given, now what, when you got 1 Corinthians two fifteen, the spiritual man makes judgments about all things for he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. The next verse is, who has known the mind of the Lord? that he may instruct them, but we have the mind of Christ. Christ is the judge, so you judge. How do you judge? Who is Jesus? He's the word. So you simply judge through the Jesus. That's what you do. Does this line up with the word of God? Then that's, that, that's what you do. There can be more difficult things, like you're having to discern, is this, like, whatever it may be. You see a Christian girl who's saved, or a Christian guy, I'm talking about legit saved, who's asking you out. Now you're gonna have to go with discernment because scripturally, they qualify. But now you're gonna have to discern. How many of you have discernment? That, that, now he who searches hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So the Holy Spirit will tell you, because the word of God has already qualified the person, but should you go out with them? The, ghost, the Holy Ghost will tell you. But do you want to know, or is she just too hot to know? I'd rather not know she's hot. I'll live in ignorance. Good luck with that. Good luck with that after you're married. Remember what I always tell you, after you're married? Remember, when you're dating, dating is like the law. Being married is like Christianity. When, you're, when we were under, not we literally, but when we were under the law, you went to go see God. He actually sent somebody to go see God. Tied a rope to him in case God killed him and they pull him out of the temple. How dare you say that about God? I'm not saying it about God. That's God. That's Old Testament. You go Old Testament, you go visit God. New Testament, God's in you. That's why we are called the bride of Christ. Christ is on the inside of us. You marry the wrong person, there's no, you're now, it's like Christianity. There's no going home. You are home. 
I've had to tell people that before. Don't go running to mom and dad's house to go spend the night. Well, he made me mad. You're home. Enjoy it. Build your nest. That's where you live. You left mama and daddy. You married that man or you married that woman. Learn to love them like asparagus. Swallow them. <laughs> chew them. I hate asparagus. I mean, I'm a, listen, if I lived on asparagus, my jaw muscles would be this. But how much, how long do you have to chew the freaking things? I'm not a cow. I'm chewing on cud. Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 10. Heading towards the end here. Everybody still with me? Foundation Church, do the demonstration. What do you do when your butt's aching? Show them. Scoot, press up. Some of you need to be working on your triceps. Grab a hold of the side of that chair. Scoot your butt up and through the air. It will clear. And if it doesn't clear, it will at least get the pressure off and slide to the left or to the right. And you got brand new cushion. I'm here to help. Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 10. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. That's where I was at, dead, trespasses and sins. In which you once walked according to the course of this world. Opposition is the world, and the world wants you back. Your carnality wants you back. The devil wants you back. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience. Now let me show you this. I'll do this in closing. If you don't defeat your flesh, don't bother with the devil. You'll never get to the devil. Most Christians who believe they're battling the devil are battling their own carnality. You can't even be tempted without your cooperation. How does temptation work? Each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. James 1, 14 and 15. Do not say God has tempted me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. That's the previous verse. God's not tempting you. The devil can't even tempt you without your own evil desire. You have to position yourself. You would have to put yourself in a sinful posture to even be tempted. You'll never be tempted. If you don't defeat your own flesh, you'll live in temptation the rest of your life. And you'll fall and you get it right. And you'll fall and you get it right. And you'll fall and you get it right. You gossip this week. You don't gossip next week. You gossip this week. You don't gossip the following. Whatever it is, lie, porn, whatever it is, if you don't defeat your flesh, you'll live in temptation. And the odds of making it to heaven are not good. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. You have to be crucified in Christ. Leave it all behind. Let go or get dragged. Let it go. You're going to have to defeat your own carnality. We're, we're supposed to be battling, and I'm not going to get to it this, this afternoon, 
We're supposed to be battling the prince of the power of the air. Most Christians will never get to the battle. They won't get, in, get within hundreds of miles of the battle because they're lost between their ears. Galatians chapter six, verse eight. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. That's not just talking about sin. Previous verses, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh, you sow to your carnality. Do you ever simply ask God, am I right in this scenario? Ask him. Ask him. Am I right? Whatever the scenario is, Am I right? He'll tell you. Or are you just going to continue to sow to the flesh and ignore the consequences and ignore the fruit? I marvel at parents. They lose their first kid and parent their second kid just like they parented their first kid. Why don't you just simply ask, am I right? I do it all the time. And I get told a lot, you're not right. Romans chapter eight, 12 and 13. Brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Again, we put, you, whether it's some, some translations be carnal, flesh, whatever it is, sinful nature. This is written to the church in Rome. It's written to Christians who are struggling because they're living according to the five senses, which includes how you feel. You can't live according to how you feel. You live according to what the word of God tells you to do or not do. That's it. That's it. Life is simple. Do it or don't do it. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. How many of you will say yes to the word of God and no to the world? Or how many of you are somewhere in between? Well, you know, the certain Bible verses. I like, uh, let me see. Be careful for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I love that one. But not, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the, in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. I don't really like brimstone. <laughs> you don't get to choose. I qualify with a lot of those sins. So I made sure I turned from them because I don't want to be doing the breaststroke in the lake of fire. Now, I never heard, I don't, we don't, nobody preaches like this anymore. That's because they're all wrong. They don't ask God. They don't ask the Holy Ghost what they should preach. They go to sermon.com and whatever won't offend to keep the money flowing into the church. Look how, oh my gosh, we're so successful. We had our Easter egg hunt this year. We had record numbers. <laughs> Having our VBS, our Easter egg hunts, our giveaways. I can't live like that. I'll just, Tom, churches aren't going to stay open doing that. What all churches are now are the four F's friendship, food, fellowship, and fun. That's it. Is that where you came from? It's not Christianity. It's not Christianity. Where am I at so I can see where I can finish here? Trying to find a good spot to finish. Oh, yeah, here we go. I'll finish right here. Christianity is not the following. Cooperation and collusion or being yoked together with the devil, 
Carnality or the world? Why would God tell you to cooperate and collude and capitulate with that which he hates? So when they come to you with the next thing, how many of you, I'm gonna go six more minutes, is that good? How many of you never thought you'd see the United States cower and cave like it has over the last four years? Americans. I ain't talking about black, white, Hispanic. I'm talking Americans. All of us. Americans. Cave. Capitulate. Some yahoo baby butchering monster comes up and tells you to stand six feet apart and you do it without asking a daggum question. Take your six, six, six foot distance thing and shove it. I'm not standing six feet apart. Shove it. They're going to come at you with another thing. Climate change will be next. All part of the world, the world pandemic treaties coming up. They can declare anything to be an emergency from the World Health Organization, which, which, which is under the UN, which just got caught facilitating the attack on Israel. Please. I don't take orders from murderers. I don't do it. Why would God tell you to cooperate with that which he hates? I didn't say who he hates. I said that which he hates. And by the way, just so everybody can be clear about this, there are people God hates. How dare you say that? I didn't. The word of God says it. Proverbs chapter 6, 16 through 19. Read it for yourself. Six sixteen through 19. I heard somebody, six, 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 six. Yeah, see. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Read the last one. A man who stirs up dissension among brothers. For those of you who are going to butcher me at Applebee's right after, remember that. Just go to Applebee's roast. We're not going to even order. We're not going to even order the chicken fingers. We're going to order up Tom. Why would God tell you to yoke yourself together with baby butchers, climate hoaxers, pandemic hoaxers, post-abort, post-birth abortion vaccine pimps and whores? 17 million dead so far in four years. Everybody denies it. I'll tell you this in closing. I watched the parliamentary. You're like, Tom, what do you do with your life? I don't know. I watch a lot of stuff and I gather a lot of information. And I was watching a parliamentary hearing in Great Britain. And Andrew Brigden was speaking. He's somebody who's telling him, get these vaccines off the market. And he had Rishi Sanak, the prime minister, get up and say, no, they're safe and effective. Among one to 14 year olds in Great Britain, they have an excess death rate right now of 22% and going up. So they have basically 25% more kids are dying now than a year ago, and it keeps getting worse. The, the, the life expectancy or the death rate for kids in 2020 in Great Britain went what, which way, up or down? 
In 2020, the death rate for kids went down at the epicenter of the pandemic. It went down. In 2021, it basically stayed the same because nobody's vaccinated yet. And then in 2022, it started to etch up the excess deaths amongst, these are all zero to 14 year olds, started to etch up at the end of 21. Why? Because that's when they started to get vaccinated. And then went through the roof in 2022. And now they're dying at a rate of 25% above normal. And you have the idiot in chief walk up to a bully pulpit and say it's safe and effective. Homicide. For I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me. Before there were any days. God loves the people who are dying. He loves the people who are being aborted to the tune of 40 to 60 million per year. And you want to talk about COVID? Reminds me of Jim Moore, remember? You're talking about practice? You're talking you, playoffs? Oh, practice is Allen Iverson. Playoffs is Jim Moore. Get it right, Tom. Know your culture. I don't cooperate with them. I don't cooperate with lawless show trial Nazis. You just make up charges on anybody. Tom, you're a cop for 25 years. Yeah, I don't make up charges. Matter of fact, I was accused by, gosh, Tom, you're too nice. I, would, I got made fun of. How in the world do you believe that, Tom? Because I believe people. Like I thought all cops were turds. No, they're not. No, people would tell me, you know, I, I, I pull them over for speeding. I believed anything they told me, including like the old bathroom. Listen, man, I got to go to the bathroom. I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, get on out of here then, you know. The traffic cop come up by, you believe that crap, Tom? You're, what are you thinking? That's what everybody says. Oh. People think I'm mean. My wife will tell you, he's gullible. He is. My wife will tell you. I am. In New York City, I'm walking through, I'm done. I'm done preaching. In New York City, I'm walking through New York City, and my kids had to protect me. I'm six foot two, at the time about 240 pounds. And my kids are enormous tell me, Dad, don't look at them. Don't talk to them. Because everybody's walking up to me. Sir, can we share with you this latest thing? And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be rude or anything. And Norma and Tyler, you're like, Dad, just ignore them. He hates, we got this bus, you know, this bus tour all throughout New York City. I'm taking their flyers. I'm standing there talking. I got roped into a street drama <laughs> thing, standing there for half an hour. <laughs> Aaron comes and guards me outside. Have you ever watch Aaron be hovering around? That's our worship leader for those of you who don't know. He'll hover outside because Aaron will just tell people, go, go, go pound stand. I'll be sitting there talking to him. And like, well, you seem like you're angry and confrontational. I'm not. I just live in the truth. Amen. You come up to me outside and you say, you know what? I'm struggling with homosexuality. I'll say, you know what? I'm, I also have struggled with sexual sin. Not that sexual sin, but I've struggled with sexual sin too. And you need to turn from your sin or you're gonna burn in hell. I'll say it just like that. I'm not angry and confrontational. I'm just a purveyor of truth. Amen? Worship team, make your way. Anybody get something out of that? Something out of it? Amen. Amen. 
Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's do this before even the music starts. Aaron, you can start playing whenever you're ready. Just go ahead and pop right in. Do you need to get right with God this afternoon? Do you need to? Now is your time. I want to put your heart at ease for everybody that's new and you don't know how we do things around here. I'm not going to even bring you forward. I'm not going to take you to a back room. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doing any of those things. I've responded to those things. But this afternoon, on this February 4th of 2024, we're not going to do that. You're going to stay right where you are. And this is the last thing we're doing, so everybody can just relax. We're leaving right after this. Do you need to get your life right with God? Tom, how do I know if I need to get my life right with God? Very simple. It's a three-letter word called sin. Are you living in it or are you not? If you're living in sin right now, your life needs to be made right with God, even if you have Christian in front of your name. Because if you're living in sin, you have departed from the faith. Where do you get that from? Galatians chapter five, verse four. You have become estranged from Christ and departed from him. It can happen. So I'm talking about backslidden Christians. You're not backslidden if you struggle with sin. You do it, you sin, you get it right. You sin, you get it right. You are backslidden if you are living in sin. And I don't care what the sin is. A lot of Christians don't think gossip's a sin. It's a sin. They don't think situational lying is a sin. It's a sin. If you're living in sin, even if you put the name Christian in front of yourself, you're gonna die and go to hell if you don't get your life right with God. Maybe you've never been saved. Now is your time. Maybe you're a fraudulent Christian. People around you think you're saved, but you know you're not. Now is your time. Don't let it pass. Don't let it pass. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This is between me, you, and God. If you need to get your life right with God, have the boldness to do what I'm about to ask you to do. If you need to get your life right with God, boldly stretch your hand into the air. Nobody's looking but me. This is between me, you, and God. Lots and lots of hands. Come on, come on, you know it's you. Come on, you know it's you. Good. You can put them down. See? You're already done. That's all the physical activity you're going to do. All that I'm going to ask you to do now is pray. That's it. Everybody is going to pray this prayer with you. You pray it. You mean it. And you're saved. Simple as that. Everybody, repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus name church shouts simple as that I can't tell you how many hands were in the air tons and tons and tons of it let me tell you this before we, before we go in the near very near future we've got some people that are putting together a new believers post-Sunday class, post-Sunday class meeting. So if that's you and you just got saved, be keeping an eye out for that. You need to get in that meeting, amen? Just be a few, for a few minutes after church on Sundays to get things, get scriptures in people's hands, um, get them more acquainted with a deeper faith, get them acquainted with the church, things like that. If you are brand new, it's 1220, we're still on, we're on the money here. If you are new and this church shocked you, just sit here for three months. You'll never go anywhere else. You can't. You won't, you won't be able to make it. I know you don't believe me, but just try me now in this. Try it. 
sit here for three months and absorb the Bible and everything else will stink to you after that. Amen? Stand with me. Receive this prayer. Literally receive it. Every hand in the air. Hands in the air like mine. Surrender to the Lord. Well, Tom, I'm not comfortable. Do it anyway. Lord, I pray over all of my brothers and sisters in this room right now. Whether they call me friend, pastor, brother, even enemy, I pray over them now. And I release on them the abundance of God. I release on them the blessings of heaven. I release healing upon them, prosperity upon them, and their best days ever upon them. In Jesus' name, church shouts. Love you all. God bless you.